Welcome to the anointed and transformational teaching ministry of Pastor Wale Akinshiku, Senior Pastor of House of Praise Mississauga, Canada, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. It is our prayer that as you listen to this message, that you will be empowered to achieve your dreams and fulfill your destiny. God bless you as you listen. The Gospel of Luke chapter 1 from verse 26. Luke chapter 1 verse 26. Yes, I'm not using the PowerPoint today because I just came to bring a prophecy to somebody. Yeah, I'm not using the PowerPoint. I just want to bring a prophecy to somebody, that's all. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Mississauga to a church called House of Praise. Okay, let's read it literally. <laughs> was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. All right, keep going, please. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice! Rejoice? Yeah. Rejoice! For what? Rejoice! Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled. Okay, how can somebody bring good news to you and you are troubled? At his saying, and considered what manner of greeting was this. Considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I thought somebody said amen at that point. Yeah. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. Hallelujah. And call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. Keep going please. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Thank you Lord. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this thing be? Since I know not a man. The angel answered and said to her. Please let's read verse 35 together. Uh, it's you know. It's a very powerful verse. We're going to stop at verse 35 here. Let's read it together. Three, two, one, go. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that holy thing, the one who is born will be called the Son of Son of God, we worship and we honor you today, the Lamb of God and the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We ask that by your Holy Spirit, whom you have sent to us to be in us, with us, and to walk through us, that you will minister effectively to your people today in Jesus' name. We're not looking to impress, we're looking to impact. Let lives be changed today. In Jesus' mighty name. Well, the title of this prophecy for somebody here, this is a prophetic word. I'd like you to write it down, put today's date around it, because the word directly from God's presence to you. And it is titled, Something Good is About to Happen. Something Good is About to Happen. And somebody needs to say that to themselves. Something good is about to happen. Touch yourself and say, Something good is about to happen. One more time, touch yourself and say, Something good is about 
to, it's about to happen. Maybe you want to tell three or four people around you, just touch them and tell them something good is about to happen. Turn, turn to three people, let them know something good, something good. Somebody's not yet awake, wake them up, tell them something good. It's about to happen. Something good is about to happen. Don't expect evil. Don't expect tragedy. Don't expect trouble. All you should expect is that something good. Something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. When children of Israel were about to leave Egypt in, 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 in Exodus chapter 10, you know, since from Exodus chapter 7 verse 1, when God started walking through Moses and putting a lot of pressure on Pharaoh and all of his, um, um, you know, cabinet, to use the contemporary word now, leaders, when God started putting pressure on him, you know, let my people go that they may serve me. And there were many plagues in Egypt, all right, 10 of them in total, they, you know. But, but by the time he got to chapter 10, uh, Pharaoh called Moses one, at one time and said to him, you know, because he's been asking Moses. Then one time Moses said, you know, we're all going. He said, no, let the men, only the men go. Then he said, no, 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 no. Moses said, no, we're all going. Men, women, children, our families, everybody's going. Because we shall be saved and your household. You know, so, 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 Pharaoh said, all right, okay. Men could go, children could go, everybody could go. Then Pharaoh said to him, he said, listen. He said, evil is ahead of you. Find that verse for me, please. Evil is ahead of you. It's in Exodus chapter 10. He said, beware, for evil is ahead of you. It is Pharaoh that said that, not God. Exodus chapter 10 verse 10. Then he said to them, the Lord had better be with you. If I let you go, and your little ones, beware, evil is ahead of you. It is the devil that said that, not God. So anybody that tells you that evil is ahead of you, they're not speaking by God. If you had a dream and you saw something that is not right in your future, it's not by God. I said it is not by God. <laughs> I said it is not by God. If, you, if somebody ever tell you, well, you know what, or they call you or send you a text message or WhatsApp message and they're telling you, well, you know, we've got to be very careful because, you know, we just had this prophecy from somewhere in Africa and they said we should warn you that something bad is about to happen to you. Tell them, forget it. What is about to happen to you? I didn't hear you. What is about to happen to you? I know the person I'm speaking to is somewhere baby at the back there. What is about to happen to you? Something good is about to, oh my God, maybe I should preach to myself here. Something good is about to happen to me. Something good is about to happen to me, to my family. Something good is about to happen. If you believe something good is about to happen to you, why are you still sitting down? Give Jesus a shout of praise. Please take your seat. The angel showed up to Mary. Mary was an ordinary woman. She was a woman that when you see, you don't look at her twice. You know, when we read about it today, we think that Mary was, you know, God must have chosen her because of you know, some things that you could say physically. You know, Mary was just an ordinary woman. She called herself your handmaiden. She was a young girl. She was just a regular person. Nothing to distinguish her physically speaking. So you wouldn't expect something good to come out of her. On a regular day, she woke up in the morning. It was a routine day. 
Nothing spectacular about the day. There was no, it wasn't brighter than any regular day. Neither was it darker than any other day. Routinely, she went to, you know, I've been to Nazareth. I've been to Nazareth twice. There's a spot in Nazareth where the Catholic Church had built, um, you know, a little, small little church around it, you know, where there was a well in that village, um, you know, as at the time of Mary, when she was there physically. There was a well in that village, and it was um, his, historically, you know, the young woman would go, remember in scripture, uh, the woman by the well of Samaria? Yeah, so it's usually it will be the woman that will go in there and, and fetch uh, the water. Ah, it would have been good to be a man in those days. I just thought about that and because in my own house now, I'm the one that fetches water. I'm the one that wash the clothes. I do the garbage. I clean the place. I wash the place. I sweep the floor. You see? You see? When I, when by God's grace, at the close of the age when we all get to heaven, when I see all those men that lived in Bible times, I'll tell them, you don't have an understanding <laughs> what it means to be a man, a 21st century man. Mm. Salah. <laughs> you know, it was a regular day. She got to the world, she got to the place, you know, was just probably just trying to get her water out. And, you know, it looks like, ah, where's everybody today? When she got a private moment, all of a sudden, she saw a man. Now, this angel manifested as a man, all right? This is Gabriel coming directly from the presence of God and manifested as a man. There's been this rumor going around the city for a while now that her cousin, Elizabeth, is not pregnant. It's been like a rumor, you know, because she's, she's hitting herself. We know we've not been seeing Elizabeth around. We've been to all the places where we normally will see Elizabeth. She's not gathering around with the women, middle-aged women of her, of her age, you know, matured women. We don't see her around anymore. Everybody's been asking, where's Elizabeth? Where's Elizabeth? We can't find Elizabeth. But this is slight little rumor. Some people have said the last time they saw Elizabeth, that the last time they saw Elizabeth, they got to her house. She was online ordering clothes, maternity clothes. <laughs> what is Elizabeth doing online ordering maternity clothes? So everybody was, everybody was bothered. What is going on with Elizabeth? Some people say, well, maybe she's pregnant. You never can tell. You know, maybe she's doing it by faith. She's doing it by faith. So there's this rumor. And all of a sudden, somebody said, well, you know, I had, I had, but I'm not sure that she got visited by a man. That the husband got visited by a man while he was serving. You remember, the husband now, you know, we know, we understand that they don't have a child. But right now, the situation has gotten worse because the husband can't speak. <laughs> Just follow me. The husband can't speak. The husband is not dumb. The husband can't speak. So if you ask him a question right now, he writes. He writes it and gives it back to you. And this happens all the time in life whereby good news is on its way to you. Something good is about to happen, but the first manifestation of it is like you've gone backwards. I know I don't have a child and I've come to get accept that, that, you know, well, we don't have a child and we're old, we've walked in all of the ways of God, righteous and blameless, then what is this affliction now of my husband not being able to speak? What is this? Now, people are not laughing at us now. People are making fun of us. And we're saving God. Now, people, that's the point where people begin to ask you, where is your God? Not knowing that the answer is in the womb. 
Stay with me. Stay with me. The answer was already in the womb. Like I'm speaking right now, there's somebody here in your womb of destiny. Good news is already kicking. Good news is kicking. Good news is kicking. Good news is kicking. Good news is kicking. I don't know about you, but I can feel, I can feel good news. Oh my God, I can feel good news kicking here. Good news is kicking here. There's somebody that wanted gainful employment, he's kicking here. Somebody wants to get some investment properties, he's kicking here. Somebody wants to get some healing, he's kicking here. Somebody wants to rise up, he's kicking here. Whatever you're looking for, where is it? He's kicking, he's kicking, he's kicking, he's kicking. Something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. There are times in our lives when people despise us. Many times in our lives, people look down on us. Many times in our lives, people judge us based on where we are. You know, I, I, I'm not an accountant. There are so many great, awesome accountants and fantastic people in the house. But I studied accounting 101, and I'm, I'm serious about it. I did. I did. In a college here, in Canada here, I studied accounting 101. And the only thing I remember right now, two things. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. Don't laugh at me. It's not easy. You know, two things I remember that they told me in the class. They told me, it's not, they were not only two things they told me, they told me many things. But only two things I remember. The first one is that cash is king. Cash is king. That one I already know from, from Africa. Mm. I don't know from Africa. Because when you put your money in the bank in Africa, you look at it with one eye. Cash is king. You put the money, you know. In Africa, when you go to an old, older person's house, they hide money everywhere in their house. So when, when you go to your grandmother's house and say, please let me carry that um, big bowl on top of there. So you're wondering, what does this grandmother want to do with the big bowl? You bring down the big bowl. Usually they're, they're stacked, three or four. I mean, I remember what I'm talking about. Then you, you, bring it, you bring it down, you bring it down. They say, um, take, out the, take out the first one, the second one, the third one. They say, inside that third one, third one, you will see some clothes. You're wondering, what are clothes doing inside the, the big room? They say, take out the clothes. You start taking them out one by one. You say, second to the last. When you get to second to the last, they say, put your hand inside. Hallelujah. Very secure. Very secure. Stronger than JP Morgan. Thank you, Lord. He <laughs> said, yeah, put the hand. Now we put the hand. We put ah, words of cash. They say, they say, it's amazing. Ah, grandmothers are so wise. They, they say, take this and this and do this. Do it. Then you say, yeah, you, want, you want to put it back. So, and they say, ah, they say, no, no, leave it there. <laughs> they say, leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Who's going to allow you to put it back? Now you know where it is. No, I have to change it. No, 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 no. They say, no, you leave it there. You leave it there. So you go, you go and do your own. They put the money back. They have to call somebody else. To come and put it in another place. Ah, God bless the wisdom of grandmothers. You know. Two things I remember from my candy class, cash is king. The second one I remember is the balance sheet has only one date. That's the second thing I remember. Balance sheet has only one date. So you will always see as at 7th of May. And usually people will judge you based on that balance sheet. And because sometimes your balance sheet is not balanced. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When people look at your life right now, they can't 
capture this moment. And they use that. They use that to predict your future. So somebody looked at Jesus, looked at him, he has never done any miracle, and looked at him and said, they said, oh, where is he from? He said, from Nazareth. They said, oh, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's how some people look at you, and when they see you, they think nothing good can come out of you. Some of you took buses to come to this place today. Some of you had to drive. Some of you have just come into the country in the last one or two years. Some of you have been through some losses. Maybe you lost something. You lost a person, a loved one. Some of you have been through some thick, some difficult moments in your life. You've been through the fire. But listen to me. Some of you have written some exams that, you know, you didn't fail, but the exam didn't work out. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there. I've been there. I, 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 I can tell people I've never failed any exam in my life. I've written a few that the lecturer mismarked. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. But that does not predict your future. When this church started, when this church started, by the grace of God, there were seven adults and a few children. Seven adults and a few children in a living room here in Mississauga. Okay? 35 Trailwood, to be, to be specific of the address. 1915, apartment 1915. That was where he started seven adults. I think we dedicated 19 children today here. Look at that. I remember very clearly how people despised us, how people looked at us. I remember clearly the very first program we did in House of Praise was on Saturday, 8th of July, year 2000, at Marriott Hotel, Airport, Toronto Airport Marriott Hotel. It was a breakfast meeting. It was a Saturday morning, 8th of July. I remember that time, you know, this was what was common at that time. You know, you, you reach out to people and tell them, oh, please invite your friends, invite your friends, oh, invite your friends, please tell people about it. This is what we're doing. This breakfast was free. 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 You know, please get somebody to come. You know, so we, you know you're not to be able to, you know, you pay for the breakfast before, before it, since it's free. Then we took marriage to tell, well, our expectation is 70 adults and 30 children. 70 adults, 30 children. So we're really expecting and pushing, we're praying, we're fasting, and all of that. I remember clearly there was one particular lady. So somebody in our, in our church told me, you know, he said, no, if, if you know, let this woman has been in the country, you know, she's a little bit influential, she knows, she knows many people, she's in many pockets of, 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 of people. You know, let's, let's, let's uh, I'm going to give her, so he knows her. So he said, I'm going to give her uh, 10 invitations so she can, you know, probably give to her friends and everything. He said, well, Pastor, you know, it will be okay. I'm telling you a true life story. He said, Pastor, you know, if you'll be okay with you, you know, I'll give her, then maybe about a week later, you can call her just to, you know, Pastor, you just like to hear from you. Remember, this was the year 2020. I was 30 years old. About 10, 31 that year. She said, you know, you, you call her, and just, just to call her, and just to mention that, um, you know, so that she can know that, you know, you'd sent me and all of that stuff. So, and I was, as of this time, I was living in the basement. I was living in the basement and, you know, uh, <clears throat> don't judge me, I was living in the basement, but what I did was I was actually just living sacrificially because I rented, I got a, the Ritz Hotel for my wife to be living in while I was living in the, in the basement. I, I, I used to with me now. <laughs> I was living in the basement, sitting on the floor, no upholstery at all in that basement. The phone was on the floor. I remember I was sitting on the floor. I picked the phone. I called this lady. Excuse me, good afternoon, ma. You know, I was very respectful, the most respectful voice you can ever imagine. 
greeted her very well and I said, oh, you know, this wonderful brother had mentioned, said a lot about you, you know, and we just thank God for your life, man, the impact you've had. And, you know, we're having this breakfast meeting and we'll be honored if you come, you know, and if, you know, you can also let people um, know about it and so on and so forth. You know what the woman told me? I remember clearly, and because what she told me motivated me a lot. I was sitting on the floor, and she said to me, she said, ah, she laughed. She said, you're using Niger sense for me. I jumped up from where I was, pastor of seven people. <laughs> I jumped, I was sitting on the floor. I jumped up from where I was, and I told her, I said, you will change this statement. That's what I told her. Now, from res deep respect <laughs> to declaration. I told her straight away, because I will never allow an evil word to be the last book in over my life. I told her, I said, you will change this, this statement, you will change it. Three years later, she came, we had bought our build, first building that we bought in Lenwood Drive, four minutes drive from here. She came to the place, you know, she looked at every church was, by that time, maybe 200 people. She looked at it, she woke up to me at the end of the service, she said, wow, you're doing a good job. <laughs> I looked at her. I wonder what she would say today. <laughs> you know, there is... You know, <laughs> the, let me say this to you in life. People judge you by where you are. God speaks to you and relates with you based on your future. Never confuse your future with your immediate present. That's where we are in life. People look at you and they, immediately they judge you based on where you are. They judge you doing nothing. What, what good can come out of, out of Nazareth? But you see, good news, something good is about to happen. Oh, touch yourself again and say, something good. Oh, say it again, something good. Something good. Something good is about to happen. Let's bring this home quickly, and I can close. When the angel appeared to Mary and told Mary, Mary, I know you look routine, I know you look ordinary, but something good is about to happen to you. Mary asked a question which many people don't ask. And I hope most of you are asking that same question in your heart right now. The question is in verse 34. How shall this thing be since I know not a man? Something good is about to happen to me, yes. How shall this thing be? This was the question I asked myself. You know, we live in a world now whereby people celebrate ignorance. People celebrate ignorance a lot. Some people have a BSc in ignorance. Some have a PhD in it. Some have a double major. Double major in ignorance and mediocrity. People don't value knowledge. They don't value knowledge. People ask for fruits, not asking for the seed that produce the fruit. Are you still with me now? Not asking for the seed that produce the fruit. Mary said, no, 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 no. You've given me this great promise. You've exceeded, you've, you've, you've now steered up my expectation. I was just expecting my life to be ordinary. Now you've come with this great news. How is it going to be? How? Did you know my limitation? I don't have a job. I don't have this. You're telling me something good is about to happen to me? How? Then the, the, man, the man said, thank you for asking this question. Let me give you the answer. Verse 35, this is the answer. The Holy Spirit. Someone say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Say it again, the Holy Spirit. the Holy Spirit. 
it says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Oh, this I know for sure. When I started asking myself the question, same question at that point, oh, just in case you wanted to know, that first breakfast meeting we had, we had such an amazing turnout of people. We had 35 adults and 12 children. <laughs> I still remember. In other words, we had less than half of what we expected. So what happened to the remaining food? Hallelujah. <laughs> we had such a blessed time in God's presence. The power of God, the Holy Spirit, people underestimate the Holy Spirit because it's an unseen spirit. People look at you, they can see the Holy Spirit around you, and they judge you, and they think, oh, it's over. There are people that are under the authority of my voice right now, in this service now, in person and online, that people have written you off. Some people have written the last chapter of your life. Let me say this to you. Life does not yield as people think of you. It yields to you as you think of yourself. As a man thinks, so is he. If you think you are done in life, then you are done. Even God can help you. But if you think, I'm just starting. If you think my tomorrow is better than my yesterday. If you think the end of a matter is better than the beginning. If you think there is a wonderful future ahead of you, no matter what is happening to you right now. If you think I'm going from glory to glory. If you think you have not yet seen the best version of me, then that is exactly what it will be for you. And I'm saying over somebody that is here today, a new glorious chapter of your life is about to open. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Now let me say something to you. Please listen, very, follow me very carefully because this is the cross of the matter. I don't want to just get you excited and inspired and you go home. I want to give you something substantive, something you can hold on to. This is what produced what you see here today. I want to share with you. Are you ready? Listen to what I'm about to say. For some of you, initially, when you hear it, it will sound blasphemous and unscriptural. But I promise you it's very scriptural. I don't have, won't have the time to walk you through a little of scripture. I will only give you one, one example of it. But it's throughout scripture. The Holy Spirit is the Almighty God. Are you still with me? The Holy Spirit is the, is the Almighty God, but the Holy Spirit is powerless to do anything without the Word of God. Let me, let me repeat that statement. I want it to sink in into you. The Holy Spirit is the Almighty God. He's the third person of the Godhead, the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is the Almighty God. He's omnipotent. He can do all things, but he cannot do anything in your life and in my life outside of the word of God. So without the word of God, as powerful, as limitless as the Holy Spirit is, automatically he becomes limited outside of the word of God. Let me put it mathematically for you. The quality and the quantity of the miracles Science, wonders, good things you will experience in your life is directly proportional to the depth of the word of God you have in you. Listen carefully. So let me give you the scriptural reference. Genesis chapter 1 for verse 1 to 3. 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Elohim created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. Uh huh. It was void. No money in the bank account. Nothing without form. My life is just, I'm looking a little bit confused. And darkness was on the face of the deep, oppressed by darkness. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit of God was hovering, was brooding over the face of the waters. Full stop. Full stop. And that's not what happens to me. This is where many Christians are. Many Christians are in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 and there's a full stop to it. The Holy Spirit is there in their life. When they sing, they lift up their hands, they sing, they feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. I've gone to many places and I'll see as worship is going on, some people be shaking. You know, Pentecostal church, we Pentecostals are amazing. Some people even want to come and talk to the pastor and say, Pastor, how are you? I'm like, ooh, hallelujah. I say, if you are already this anointed, why are you coming to me to pray for you? Because my own anointing has not reached the ooh, ah, what is all of that? What's all of that? What's all of, what's all of that? This is where they are. The Holy Spirit is hovering over them. It is true. They, 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 they sing, they worship, and they feel the goose pimples. This, their hair is lifted up on their skin. Yes, their hair is raised. They feel the Holy Spirit. They feel the warmth and embrace of the Holy Spirit. But there's a full stop in their life. Nothing is happening. Then verse 3, the Bible says, Then God said, Let there be light. Come on now. And there was light. You see? Then God said, When God said, that's when God did. Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not the man that should lie. Neither is he the son of man that should repent. Has he said it? Will he not do it? If he has not said it, then he can't do it. Look at it now. I'm being tempted. I don't want to go too much into examples. But let me give you the third one. Isaiah chapter 46. Let's start from verse 9. Isaiah 46 from verse 9. Isaiah 46. Remember not, 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 not the former things. So I'm God. And there's no other. I'm God. There's no like me. Keep on going, please. Verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning. Something good is about to happen. From the ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand. Verse 11, I will do all my pleasure. Verse 11, he said, calling a bed of prayer from the east. A man who executes my counsel from a far country. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I propose it. I will also do it. You can never hold God to do what he has not spoken. So, what is the key? The Holy Spirit is there. Fantastic. So, what is the key? for you to experience there's something good that's about to happen. Listen to these four things, and I'll try and unpack. Wherever I get to, I will stop there. Number one, plant the seed. Plant the seed. The seed is the word of God. But just write it down. Plant the word. Plant the seed. Plant the word. That's the first thing. Number two, are you ready? Think the word. Think the word. Think the word. Number three. Are you ready? Speak the word. Speak the word. Number four. Celebrate the word. Number one, again, plant the word. Number two, think the word. Number three, speak the word. And number four, Friends, as simple as this stands, this is what produces sustainable results for a Christian. 
So let's try and unpack a little bit. In the book of Luke chapter 8 verse 11, Jesus told them the word of God is a seed. The seed is the word of God. You see, it's foolishness for a farmer to go to their farm, stand on the ground, plow the ground, pray powerfully, take anointing oil, pour it on the place, and the Holy Spirit is moving over the ground, and come back and harvest season and expect the harvest. You will say that farmer is foolish. When you get there and say, the man tells you, come, let's go. My harvest is ready. And you get there and you say, say, excuse me, sir, please, what exactly did you plant here? Oh, he said, no, I didn't plant it. I'm just trusting the Holy Spirit. You tell the person, please, let's go home. Let's go home. Let's go home. Many Christians want miracles without seed. Listen to this, what the Holy Spirit told me many years ago. The word planted is a miracle harvested. The word planted is a miracle harvested. God will not, it does not have anything to confirm if there's no word in you. Mark chapter 16 verse 20 tells us that. They went everywhere, they were preaching, they were preaching and God was confirming the word through signs. Confirming the word through signs. So you've got to plant the word. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of discomfort. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In the law he meditates day and night. It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water who brings forth his fruit in the season. His leaves will not wither. Whatsoever he does shall prosper. What many Christians do, this is Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. What many Christians do is that they jump immediately to verse 3. Not just even the whole of verse 3. Just the latter part. And they say, whatever I lay my hands on shall prosper. Whatever I lay my hands on shall prosper. But what has been laid in your heart? Whatever you lay your hands on will prosper to the degree of what, has, what is already in your heart. Colossians chapter 3 verse 7, let the word of God dwell richly in you. Richly! 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 I must say this, I'm not saying this to boast, I'm saying this to the glory of Jesus Christ. When I first gave my life to Christ, I wasn't a pastor, I was even not even a worker yet in church. I was reading my Bible five hours every day. Five hours every single day. My friends, my flatmates used to make fun of me in London, England. Do you want to be a pastor? What is wrong with you? Five hours every day. I wake up, I read and read and read and read and read. You can't just read one verse of scripture. You just go to your devotional. Some of you don't even know the Bibles anymore. We just open, open the devotional. The scripture reference on top of the devotional. One or two verses. We look at it. Uh, we just read, so we just read the devotional. 80 words, 100 words. We read it. Amen. Amen. I will go out. No problem. You have to just remember that he that sows sparingly will reap sparingly. So some of us are now spending hours with this book. He that sows bountifully will reap bountifully. There's something about the word of God when it's planted in your heart. You can't shake it off. You can't convince me. You can never convince me that I have a terrible future. Because at a very difficult point in my life, God planted, and this is very important. When people are in, in difficult situations, you tell them, hear the word, listen to the word. They, mm, mm. they just want somebody to come there and say, shuku, 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 and everything will go away. It doesn't work that way. You plant the word in you. You plant the word in you. Nobody can convince me that my life will be cut short. You can't cut my life short. For the very simple love of the word, with long life, it will satisfy me. It's the word. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God, and I will say of the Lord, No evil shall befall me. It's my refuge and my fortress. No evil shall befall me. No evil shall befall me. No plague shall come down my dwelling place. That's the word. 
even when you are sleeping, that word is answering. Is anybody still in this house? Touch yourself again and say, something good is about to happen. You plant the word you are. Please don't be too, if, if, once you are too much in a hurry, okay, you don't have time for the word, then you don't have time for testimonies. You don't have time for the word, you don't have time for testimonies. You sit down with it. Some years ago, it was 2007, you know, we started, we started having um, um, our joint service in convention centers, January 2007. So I was studying. I was studying. Uh, um, you know, we're, we're paying quite some, some amount of money to rent the place and to rent the audiovisual, to list the audiovisual for the day. It was quite a chunk. So I was studying and asking God, um, you know, for sustainability on this. And God spoke to me about growth. That you don't have to, probably you don't need to do anything, just all you need to do is just grow. So, Lord, what shall I do? Then he told me, study the book of Mark. I'm telling you a true life story. I sat down over a month. There are only 16 chapters, but it took me over a month. I sat down and I studied the book of Mark. When I came out of the experience of the book of Mark, <laughs> I knew without a shadow of doubt that the church is about to take a serious upward turn. You have to plant the word in you. Now, if you're facing a health challenge, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22. Of course, we'll pray for you. We're going to pray. But Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22. My son, give attention to what? My words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Come on now, verse 21. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Verse 22. Then they shall be life. Now, what is the day? Stay with me. What is day? Let's start from verse 20, 21 again. Let's start from verse 20, 20. Sorry, 20. My son, give attention to my words, plural. You see that? Incline your ear to my sayings, plural. Jump to verse 22. Then they shall be day. So what is the day there now? The words. The words. The words, then they are life. No, the flesh profits nothing. It is the spirit that gives life. The words that I speak to you. The words that I speak to you. The words that I speak to you. They are spirit and they are life to those that find them and health to every part of the flesh, including internally and externally. The word, the word, the word, the word. Don't joke with the word, please. Don't joke with the word. Because of our time, I won't go into that as much. But I want to give you a quick action item I don't want to forget. A quick action item. This week, I want us to read Matthew chapter 8 to Matthew chapter 14. This week, starting from tomorrow morning. Matthew chapter 8 to Matthew chapter 14. As much as you can. So in other words, what I mean by that is that read the whole seven chapters. You can plan it as one chapter a day if you want to, in addition to any other devotional or study plan you have. You know, that's why it's easy to be one chapter a day. If you finish everything before that day, because some of us are, we, we comprehend faster than others. Fantastic. Why don't you read it? Then you read it in another translation. Then you read it in another translation. Just make sure you, by the time you're coming in on Sunday, You've read Matthew chapter 8. 8 to what again? 14. Thank you very much. Then not only do you plant the word, some people plant the word, but the word planted, listen, the word planted settles your testimonies in heaven. The word that you think about revolutionizes your thinking. Let me say that again. The word you plant in your heart it settles what you're looking for in heaven. But it is the word you think about that revolutionizes your thinking. In other words, that renews your mind. Because 
Our minds have to be renewed. When we get born again, our spirit comes alive, but our mind is the same old mindset. So some people, some people have a, a, a new spirit, of course, the new man, new man, the Bible calls it. Okay? They have a new man, they have old mindset in an uncrucified body. What the Bible calls that is carnality. Some people's mind is not renewed to wealth. Some people's mind is not renewed to success. Some people's mind is not renewed to all of those things. You have to renew your mind. Renew your mind. I know people that are afraid to succeed because everybody they've ever known that succeeded in their family and people around them that Satan brings to their mind that succeed are people that go up and come down. So they have this fear. Fear that they will go up and come down because their mind is not renewed to the word of God. God never brings anybody down. People can come down on their own, but not God. If you see anybody that God is using and comes down, it's not God that brought them down. It's not God that brought them down. God never brings anybody down. The path of the righteous is like a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. We all beholding as in the mirror the glory of the risen Lord have been transformed into the same image of glory. Come on now, somebody, from glory to glory. Mark the blameless man. Mark the righteous man. The future of that man is peace. Psalm 37, verse 37. But in the NLT trans translation, in the TLB translation, it says that you have a wonderful future ahead of you. And with you, there is a happy ending. Why? Because the end of a matter is better than the beginning. For though your beginning is small, your latter end shall greatly. Somebody give him some praise in the house today. Think the word. Think the word. You are not going to spend your old age in the hospital. I'm going to say, you're not going to spend old age in the hospital. You won't spend old age going from one hospital to another hospital to another hospital. That's not your portion in Jesus' name. You will not die of sickness. I know I'm speaking to somebody. You will not die of sickness. 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 I'm going to say this again, but I want you to see the word. Genesis 49, 33. Put it on the screen. This is a very important thing. Put it in your heart. Genesis 49, 33. When Jacob had finished commanding his sons, he had 12 sons. You remember? He called all of them one by one. He never missed it. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to say because the revelation. He never missed it. He called and said, Reuben! Let's go to verse 3 first. Verse 3, then we jump to 33. Verse 3, quickly. Reuben! You're my firstborn. You see? He saw 12 people in front of him. 12 people in front of him. His own sons that were younger, when they were younger, the Bible says when they saw Joseph, they did not recognize Joseph. Exodus, I'm sorry, Genesis 42, verse 8. So, but this is an old man. And he saw Reuben. He said, Reuben, not only do I know you're my son, I know you're my firstborn. Amen. You see, that means he didn't have dementia. Amen. That means he didn't have Alzheimer's. That means his capacity to think and to comprehend and to recognize is still very much intact. He said, Reuben, I said, I know you're my firstborn. His memory was not wiped off. He said, I know. Go on, keep, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Please, verse 4. Okay, he said you are. He said because you went to your father's bed. That means Reuben went and slept with his stepmother. So he still remembered what happened years ago. His memory, long-term memory, would not wipe out. Short-term memory was still intact. Ability, cognitive reason, it was still intact. 
So this concept of you thinking, you're, some of you are already looking at Alzheimer's, what is going to happen, dementia, you know, because you're afraid. That will not be your person in Jesus' name. That will not be your person in Jesus' name. That will not be your person in Jesus' name. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm about to declare over you in his name. Now jump to verse 33 and see what I'm about to say now. In verse 33, when Jacob had finished, he named everyone of them one by one, but when they are not finished, the next word there is very powerful. When I finished commanding his sons, comma, what's the next word there? Please, what's the next word there? That's the most powerful word in that verse for me. He, not his nurse, not his PSW, not his, not his domestic staff. He drew what? That means, that means his hands were working. That means his hands were working. He drew his feet into what? And breathed his last and was not gathered to his people. He died at home after he finished his assignment. His last breath did not come in the hospital. His last breath did not come in the hospice. His last breath came at home after he had, he had, he had, he had executed a very powerful blessing upon his children. He knew what was doing. So I pray for you based on this scripture today. In the name of Jesus, your latter days will be healthier than your former days. Your latter days shall be healthier than your former days. In the name of Jesus, you will not spend your time serving sickness. Please say a big amen to that. You will not lose your mind. You will not lose your health. You will not lose your mind. You will not lose your health. Whatever the plan of the enemy is against you. For the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies, even my foes, came up to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Whatever the plan of the enemy is against you, they will stumble and they will fall. They will stumble and they will fall. They will stumble and they will fall. You will not lose your memory. You will not lose your memory. You will not lose your reasoning. In the name of Jesus, you will enjoy the works of your hands. In the name of Jesus, so it is in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give Jesus some praise if you're still in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Plant the word. Think the word. Let me just quickly talk about that. I think I'll close on that. You know, plant the word, think the word. Speak the word. When you have the word in your heart, the word is settled in heaven. Forever, all oh that word is settled in heaven. But we want to see it on that. The Bible says, and God said, not God was just thinking. He said, many believers are afraid to speak the word because they, they, call, they make a mistake of confusing. <laughs> They're confusing what is settled with what is manifested. The word is forever settled. But for it to be manifest, somebody has to say it. You must speak the word. Don't wait until you see to speak. Speak to see. In Christianity, we don't see and speak. We speak and see. We don't see and speak. We see, we speak, and then we see. For example, in the line of destiny that I am in, I, my mind has been renewed since that experience I had in the book of Mark that many people shall come. 
It does not matter what is happening. Many people shall come. And my mind is in to it. Many people shall come. So even during the pandemic, I said, many people shall come. The Bible never said few people shall come. It said many people shall come. Not just many people shall log in. Not just that they shall come in. Look at it. Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah, let me help somebody here. Isaiah chapter 2, start from verse 2. It shall come to pass in the latter days. The mountain, the mountain, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in a specific place on the top of the mountains. So, look at, no, 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 don't be in a hurry, don't be in a hurry, don't be in a hurry, my dear. Pay attention, the mountain, singular, am I correct? Of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, plural. What it's telling you is that this is a mountain of many peaks. But there is, so what you're looking for is the peak, okay, among many peaks. So it's a mountain in the mountain. So in other words, it's a specific geographical location. Verse 3, it shall be exalted above the hills. It says, many people shall come and say, now what are they going to be saying? Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house. Yeah, no, just... We thank God, we know we, by the grace of God, God has helped us with our online outreach and online, online family. Praise God for that. But I'm telling you, I, I remember this very clearly during the pandemic, that they will come to the mountain of the Lord's house, to the house of the God of Jacob. So don't fall into the trap that, oh, you know, I was going to many webinars and seminars during the pandemic and they were telling me, oh, people are not coming to church, people are no longer coming to church, people are no longer coming to church. People say, oh, people are not coming, this one is not coming to church anymore. So what? Many people shall come. Inside that world, it works for everybody that will believe. Then you have to start saying, and I came to church here, I started saying it. Many people shall, if God has to recreate people from the sand, many people shall come. Don't buy into the ideas that you see on social media that they tell you that people don't go to church anymore. Who said that? Who said that? We are in the last days, the time of multitudes. And they're coming in Jesus' mighty name. And if you think you have seen anything today, you ain't seen anything yet. We're about to start two services. You speak the word. You speak the word. Look at it now. You speak the word. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. Don't be afraid of speaking the word. It's your responsibility to speak. It is God's responsibility to confirm. Let your conduct be, oh my God, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself have said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I want to show you, I want to show you a mystery here. Now. He himself have said, now pay attention to this, just watch this now. Because somebody said, I, I want to speak the word, but pastor, I can't quote it like you quote it. Just, just watch. See the, see the mystery, because some of you can quote the word. Which, which, which I just want to show you a mystery. It's your help you. All right? He himself have said, what did he say? I will never leave you nor forsake you. You see that in quotation marks. That's what he said. Now, the writer of the book of Hebrew, when he was going to say so, what did he say? The Lord is my helper. How does this one relate to what he said? You see that it's not a literal, are you following now? Yeah, it's not word for word. It doesn't have to be. You can have the word in your heart and declare it based on your understanding.
It is in your school that they mark your grammar. Life doesn't really mark your grammar. Don't get me wrong, it's important to acquire skills and speak well. It's because some of you did not study brighter grammar. But <clears throat> you, you need to, you need to. That's all right, so you don't miss your tenses and all of that stuff. But in terms of quoting the word of God, you know, you can say, you say whatsoever you shall do, you shall prosper. You can say, whatever I lay my hands on shall prosper. Whatever I'm doing shall prosper. My business shall prosper. My career shall prosper. It will go well with me. I will prosper. I will have welfare. I will advance. All of that is still in line with that word. As long as that word is in your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? As long as that word is in your heart. He said, he himself have said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What did I turn it into? The Lord is my helper. But the key is that I will boldly say, boldly say, so, instead of having a wonderful future with a happy ending, you can say, I will never fail. It's impossible for me to fail. That can be a conversation. So, it's when people now ask you, what is the audacity? What's giving you the audacity? What's giving you, why are you saying things like this? Then you cannot tell, um, there's this scripture now. Where is it now? Bring, 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 bring Bible. And you know, today now, we don't, in the earlier days, we used to use concordance. Today, I just go to BibleGateway.com. BibleGateway.com, that's it. You say, ah, what is that thing the pastor says now? Ending, end, finish. Just <coughs> type it in there. Just type it, end there. It will bring up manners of end. Look for your own. <laughs> Look for your own. Look for your own. You know what I'm saying? Look for your own. You know what I mean? Look for your own. Something good is about to happen. What's the first point again? Plant the word. What's the second point? Think the word. And what's the third point? Speak the word. Don't be afraid. Speak the word. Some of you speak the word only in your bedroom where you're having your shower. The, the water is coming down and nobody can even hear you. Let me close on this one. I'll, um, on this. You know, listen to me very carefully. When you're speaking the word, this is what many of us are afraid. When we're speaking the word, we think the person sitting next to us is our audience. When I came to church here, I was standing there and I was saying, many people shall come. You think that the people that were here were my audience? No. But there are people that are here with us today that started in the house of praise from day one. And I used to declare, it is impossible for us to fail. That was our confession. You are not my audience. I respect you, I honor you, but you're not my audience. I'm sorry. My audience, you want to know my audience? When you speak the word, you have four audiences. Four. Let's go through them quickly. Numbers 14, 28. The first audience is God. I'm closing on that. Numbers 14, 28. Quickly, quickly. Numbers 14, 28. Have you been blessed this morning? Numbers 14, 28. When you speak the word, your first audience is God. It says, as you have said in my hearing, not as I saw in your heart, as you have said in my hearing, what did he say next? So will I. Sorry, my guy that I normally, it's not around. She's <laughs> no, I'm not go there. So I have to come there. It's, we have a guest pastor that is sitting there. So <laughs> don't go there. Break his shoulder. And when people now ask, how was the service day? They see? The pastor broke my shoulder. You know, he said, as you have said in my hearing, so will I do. You can say to yourself, I will carry my own children. You come out of you, you come out of the of the of the, of the, of the place you've gone to see your gynecologist, and they look at you, your fertility doctor. They look at you, they say, they shake their heads and say, well, you know, there are many challenges here. We don't want to really say that much, but there's a lot here. Um, 
maybe you want to start thinking about um, you know this and that and that and that. And and here you leave the place and you, say, you remember the word none shall be barren in the land. And you keep on saying to yourself, this woman will carry his own children. I will carry my own children. You look at it right now, you, your children come back from school and he's like it's not working. It's not coming, it's not working. Or they, they call you from school. Monday morning they call you, say, uh, come and pick Junior. He said, why? He said it's been disruptive in class. You go back home, you put Gino in the car, you tell him, Gino, what's, wrong? what's your problem? Nobody in your whole family has ever been doing this. I don't know. You know, and sometimes, you know, we Africans can get very emotional. When you tell an, when, when you tell an African mother, mom, you know, you send me to school to study accounting, but I, I want to change, I've changed to digital, digital sciences. Oh, I don't want to go to that school anymore. The first thing the African mother says, it's not, oh, how are you? Why? You say, hey, who's doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs> They personalize everything. He used to tell him, mom, mom, careful, mom, mom, listen to me. He said, hey, yeah, who's in this to me? Who did I offend? It's not you, it's got nothing to do with you. This, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. Don't pick your children and say, well, he said, oh, do you know, why are you doing this to me? It's not about you. So why are you doing this to me? Nobody's doing anything to you. Then the child is confused, he said, mom, you? I'm not doing anything to anything. He said, but why is, it? why is the teacher calling me all the time? He said, Mom, then the child tells you something very insightful. The, the child says, Mom, I don't know. He said, why do you say, don't, don't lie. Don't tell me you don't know. No, the child has just given you a key. The child does not know because the child is being manipulated. And here you are, you say, you're fighting the child. You're saying to the child, why are you, you tell me you don't know? Stop, stop lying. Stop lying. You tell me you don't know. If it was in my own days when I was growing up, anyway, nobody's going to call my dad and tell my dad that uh, <laughs> that uh, that uh, she come and pick me from school. My dad said, "What did he do?" He said, "Was well, he Please, can you keep him there? <laughs> Let's keep him there. Don't, please don't come again. Leave him there. <laughs> when it's not that disruptive, he can come back home. You know, when we're growing up. But you know, in these days, even be work for my generation, because in my own generation, there's only one way to cast out evil spirits. <laughs> come on now, I don't have time. I don't have time. Stay with me. Are you doing now? There's only one way to cast out. And a lot of evil spirits are cast out that way. I don't know if it's this. You know, they beat the evil spirit out of you. So when they beat the evil spirit and they beat you, one way or another, both of you will separate. <laughs> it's called separation by attrition. So I don't know how many they beat out of me, but I know they beat a few. Sometimes a slap, I know that one for sure. It resets your brain. You just see stars, that means reboot. <laughs> and by the time your, br- your brain is reboot, it's come to your senses. They ask you the same question again, you answer straight. <laughs> you answer straight. <laughs> you know. So when you pick the child from school, you can't do that in this country. Can't do that in the Western world. When you, when you pick the child from school, you just say, Mom, I don't know. So why do you keep on doing this every time? You say, Mom, I don't know. That gives you a cue. Just that what you should tell the child is that, son, daughter, don't worry. I'll fight for you. I'm with you all the way. Then you go back to your scripture. Isaiah 65, verse 23. You shall not bring forth children for trouble. Isaiah 54, verse 13. All your children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of your children. Psalm 112, verse 1 to 2. It said, blessed is the man that feared the Lord. Okay? Now greatly delights in his commandment. His descendants in seed shall be mighty on the earth. And this promise is unto us and to our children. So when the Bible says, you shall be the head, you shall not be the tail. You not take it, says, Junior, come here. Let me pray for you. You take, this is what my father used to do to me. You know, he wasn't born again. Can you imagine? 
He wasn't particular, but when I'm going to university, it's two hours drive away. He said, Neil, I'll need that. He opened the Proverbs chapter 6. My son, hear the word of your father. <laughs> Do not turn away from the commandment of your mother. He is not born again. Can you imagine that? The dead was reading the living scripture to the dead. <laughs> he was dead in his trespasses. But he was reading the living word to another man that was dead in his trespasses. But the living word worked. Because, because the Bible says, when you go to the north, to the south, the word will be roaming. It will be following you. That word was following me. There was a certain threshold that could not cross. Are you with me now? You speak the word over Junior. Then you, t- you tell him, I'm going to fight for you. Then you take authority over whatever you say. You found devils that want to bring sorrow to me by attacking my child. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Then you lay hands on Junior and say, Junior, listen, you come back from me. You'll be greater than me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. You speak the word over them. You speak the word over them. You go to your business, you speak the word over it. You go to where you are, you speak the word over it. In your house, when I go and I have, going traveling over the place, I go to hotel rooms. Who knows what has happened in that hotel room? One day I wanted to go to one of the hotels I normally use. One simple hotel there, it's called, it's called Tandy Place, just residence in there, you know. So, I came out of the hotel, I drove, uh, I checked out, I was going to pick my car, my car was parked at the back. As I took my car out, you, some of you that came on Friday, you say, this man is so fixated on this type of things. But, but it's just true, it's just true. As I took my car out, I was driving up, I just looked around, and I saw that the hotel accept animals. And right looking at me through the window was a cat. <laughs> so I said to myself, Shaka Matozai, <laughs> who knows? What are the room? I just came out of the last person I checked in there. Checked in with three black cats. And you carry your head. You carry it on the pillow. Shamako Shakata. So when I get into the hotel room, I first speak. I first asked to speak in the place. The rod of the wicked are not alight on the ground as has been given to the righteous. I have to speak. I establish the kingdom of God in this place. Peace be unto this house. The foreigners shall hear my voice, and as soon as they hear my voice, they are come frightened out of the hidden places. You speak. Don't just go to any hotel, carry the pillow and put your head on it. Then you come out of the place. You see a man, you start walking this way. What? Do you know what has happened in the place? <laughs> yes, man. Bishop, don't just go to any hotel and put your head on any pillow. Do you hear me, Bishop? The next thing you're going home, you go home, you better take your, your wife's cologne. <laughs> Why? People don't even know what's going on with, their, with, with them. Just the same way that Jacob said, God is in this place and I did not know it. Do you know what kind of spirits are in the place that you don't know? Talk to them first. Don't just look at them and say, well, you know, I don't even know what's going on with me. This is happening to me. This is happening to me. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. The second audience, quickly, let me wrap up. I said, there are many? Four? Yes. Second audience is himself, is the devil himself. I just told you that one. You know, the foreigners shall hear my voice. They have to hear your voice. And as soon as they, you don't need to look for where they are. They will come frightened out of the hidden places. The third one, angels, Psalm 103. Uh, the second one is Psalm 18, from verse 41 to 44. That's the second one. The third one is angels, Psalm 103, from verse 20. First, let me say from verse 19, it says the God, the kingdom of God has been established and he's in heaven. God is in heaven, okay? You see, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. So God is not running helter-skelter. 
So just leave that alone. God is not going to run let us get that for anybody. But verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in his strength, who do his word. Now look at the next verse now. They hid in the voice of his word. You have to give voice to the word for angels to move. You give voice, then the angels move. And the last one is the earth. The earth can hear. Jesus said in Mark 11, 23, he said, speak to this mountain. Mountains can hear. Jesus spoke to the sea. The sea can hear. You speak to it. Jeremiah 22, from verse 27 to 29. Jeremiah 22, from verse 27. He said, O earth, O earth, come on now. Hear the word of the Lord. So anything that comes out of the earth can hear. Jesus spoke to a tree. He can hear. Let me say this again. Everything that comes out of the earth can hear. I want to say it one more time. Everything that comes out of the earth can hear. The first most important, the most important thing that ever came out of the earth is your body. Your body is the most important thing that came out of the earth. That's the most important thing. So your body can hear. Your lungs can hear. Your heart can hear. Your kidneys can hear. Your brain can hear. It can hear. You speak to it. Jesus expects us to speak to it. You said to, to your heart, heart, you have to listen to me. You can't have failure. There's nothing called heart failure. There's nothing called congestive heart failure. No, you can't have failure. Whatever I lay my own hands on, he says he will give me good success. I lay my hands on you, heart. You can't fail. You speak to this earth. Oh, earth, oh, earth. Hear the word of the Lord. You speak to it. Legs, you must walk. Hands, you must move. Are you hearing me, anybody here? The any other thing that comes out of the earth. How many properties have we processed? I'm telling you that by going there and speaking to it. Go to the property and speak to it. Someone say, well, you know, they don't want to sell. Who told you that? Who told you that? If God has given you the instruction, the Bible tells me clearly, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, of the world and those that dwell in it. Leviticus 25 verse 23, the land shall never be permanently sold. Hey, yeah. It must never be permanently sold. Look at it. Leviticus 25 23. The land shall not be sold. What? Why? The Lord, the land is, God is the only original landlord. Every other person is a custodian. So someone says, oh, they've sold it. it, has, it can, it's not permanent. It is that the land shall not be temporarily sold. It's not it's permanent. So that means that the word of God, anybody that says I've sold it and it's permanent, they are deceiving themselves. They're walking contrary to the word. They've sold it temporarily. It's just changed custodians. It hasn't changed landlord. You go there, you speak to it. We're having a real estate uh, uh, um, day, retreat, one day. I'm going to be speaking to people that want to possess estates. 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 It can never be so permanently. You speak, you compel them. You compel them. This is a very important thing. You begin to call things forth. You call things that be not as though they are. So God, yes. Satan, yes. Angels, yes. And the earth here, something good is about to happen. 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 Come on, something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. Open your mouth and say, something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. Something good. It's about to happen. Now open your mouth for 30 seconds and declare what is about to happen. Declare what is about to happen to you. Something good is about to happen to me. Good news is coming my way. Good news is coming my way. 
Oh, something good is about to happen. Open your mouth. The Holy Spirit is here. Declared. We'll wrap it up now. Come on. Oh, it's about to happen. Something good. Yes. Yes. It's about to happen. Something good is about to happen. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening to a sister here. It's happening to a brother here. It's happening to a family here. Something good is about to happen. Skapataya gele seke bata. Home plate pato semale. Irapatakajasia. Oh yes. Something good. Something good. Something good is about to happen. Satan, you're a liar. Evil is not going to happen to me. Evil will not happen to my family. Evil will not happen to my ministry. Something good is about to happen. Are you saying it? Are you opening your mouth to say it? Open your mouth boldly and declare it. Something good is about to happen. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Listen. I have the authority of the Almighty God that sent me to go and empower people to achieve their dreams and fulfill their destiny to pray over somebody here today. This day marks the end of mediocrity in your life. This day marks the end of average in your life. On this ground that you have come today, in the name that is above every name, you will remain the head, you will never be the tail. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm about to pray powerfully for you. Listen very carefully. When the angel first came, the angel Gabriel, when he first came, he came to Zechariah, who was in the temple by the altar. And he said to Zechariah, Zechariah said, I don't, I don't believe. The angel said, I'm coming directly from the presence of God. Friends, I say this with all humility, but I'm coming directly from the presence of God. I bring good news to somebody here, and this good news will be fully established in somebody's life here. Within seven weeks, Somebody here. They dance, they said you will not dance. They shout, they said you will not shout. They song, they said you will not sing. You are going to have that celebration in Jesus' name. Please don't write yourself off. People can write you off, but don't write yourself off. People can forget you, don't forget them. Don't just remember. Remember, you are in control of your destiny under God. You are in what? In control of your destiny under God. I feel strongly in my heart that I ought to pray for somebody here today that has been expecting good news for a while. It looks like the good news is not coming. I have the authority of Jesus Christ to let you know the good news is coming. Some people have even been asking you, when did you say you're going to share this news? It looks like it's been delayed. I have the authority of God to remove everything that is delaying your good news. Some of you, starting from tomorrow morning, you will start hearing your good news. You will start seeing your good news in the name of Jesus Christ. So if you are one of such people that have been expecting good news, and you're like, when is it? When is it going to happen? I'd like you to rise to your feet right now in a minute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray for you today by the authority of the one that sent me, Jesus the Christ, that died and on the third day he rose from the dead. I pray for you today. Everything delaying the manifestation of your goodness, may it be removed in Jesus' name. 
place a living amen. I'm saying everything, everything delaying the manifestation of your good news, I command it to be removed in Jesus' name. Be it a demonic force, whatever it is, I command it right now. Be removed in Jesus' name. Jesus was on his way to cross the lake to go and heal a man, which we call the madman of Gadara. On his way, he was delayed. The good news of that man was delayed by a storm. The Bible said, Jesus rose up and he spoke to the storm. Every storm that has risen up, delaying the manifestation of your good news. I speak now by the authority of scripture and the power of the Holy Spirit. I speak to the storm. Be still in Jesus' name. Every wind that has risen up, stirring up matters of commotion and confusion around you. I speak right now. I rebuke the wind in Jesus' name. It says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness makes straight the ways of the Lord. Make straight the ways of the Lord. Every crooked place shall be made straight. I pray for you today, whatever is making your good news is hovering around you, but it's not knocking on your door. Today, may your door be recognized by good news. May your life be recognized by good news. May your door be recognized by good news. May your life be recognized by good news. May your door be recognized by good news. May your life be recognized by good news. Maybe your father saw a delay. Maybe your grandfather's grandparents saw a delay. Maybe you are going through some element of delay right now. He's working for everybody. Things are happening, but it looks like for you, it's not happening. That's what happened to Darius. The woman with the issue of blood was sharing testimonies in Mark, Mark chapter 5, but Darius was still waiting there. By the time Jesus was back on his way, people came from Darius' house and said, the daughter is now dead. When I came to Jesus, my daughter was sick. Now... Jesus was delaying, my daughter is now there. But you see, once Jesus sets out, which means the first day you pray, like we prayed yesterday, 6th of May. Once Jesus sets out to start coming to your house, even if the situation is temporarily looking like it's getting worse, it's not getting worse, it's only temporarily. So I speak over you today, every delay, whatever has been delaying the manifestation of your answers, right now is removed again in Jesus' name. Now, this is a very important part, and this is the last declaration I'm making. I'd like you to listen very carefully. The Bible tells us that we can call the things that be not as though they were. It's not necessarily that they be not. They are. They're just unseen. But for you to be unseen, to come into this seen world, it has to be called. It must be called. It must be called. It must be called. It has to be called. I sense in my spirit that some parents here are struggling concerning their children. Let me say this one before I, it's, it's, it's all in line. Show me, give me Proverbs chapter 8. Just keep going on until I tell you to stop. Start from verse 3. Proverbs chapter 8, NKJV. So, in, in verse 3, he's talking about wisdom. He says, wisdom cries out at, by the gates, at the entry of the city. At the entrance of the doors, he's speaking to everybody. He said, Oh man, I no, 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 no. He said, Oh man, hear my voice. My voice is to the sons of men. What is crying out here? Wisdom. Okay, keep going, keep going. You will see another cry out towards the latter part of the scripture. A foolish woman is clamorous, she is simple and knows nothing. Listen to this now. Keep going, keep going down. Verse 14. She sits at the door of her house, on the seat of the highest places of the city, 
to call those who go by. Now look at it. These people that are going by, they are going straight on their way. They're going straight on their way. Keep going then. Then she calls them and tells them, stolen water is sweet. Those who lack understanding, keep going. Keep going. He's telling them, stolen water is sweet. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant. He's luring them into doing what is evil. And the Bible says in verse 18 that they don't know that the dead are there. But start again from verse 13. Remember, she's calling. See, when your children just start misbehaving, something is calling them. So the prayer is this. The first call, which is the call of wisdom, Proverbs 8.3, they should hear. The second call, which is the call of the foolish woman, they will not hear. So I pray right now for your children. Any voice that is speaking from the highest point of the city, that is speaking, that will turn them away from the straight ways of God, that will make them bring sorrow to you, they will never hear that voice. I command all such voices to be silenced in Jesus' name. Any voice that will lead them to sexual perversion, I command the voices, silence! Voices that will lead them to fraud, that will lead them to crime, I command that will lead them to drugs, I command the voices, silence in Jesus' name! The voices that will turn them to Christ, that will turn them towards excellence, turn them towards achievement, may their ears be open to hear the voices. Please say a big amen to that. Now for you, I speak. Whatever belongs to you in accordance with the word of God that is hanging there, that you need to hold in your hands, that you need to embrace, that you need to celebrate, that will, that will bring forth a new song in you. Wherever it's hanging, I call it forth now in Jesus' name. I command it to be released and come to you. I command it to be released and come to you. In the name of Jesus' Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Perfect praise is going to join me. I want you to show your faith by giving. That's the last one I did not share. Celebrating the world. He says, I rejoice at thy word as one that has found great treasure. Do you believe something good is coming to you? Yeah. I didn't hear you. Do you believe something good is coming to you? This is the end of the message. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more information, please visit our website at www.houseofpraise.ca. God bless you.